Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five coaches on the hot seat meter as we get towards the end of the season. Number five, cooling off a little, Dana Holgerson. If they get to a bowl game, which a win over Cincinnati would would get them one game closer, and a win over UCF, a team they've played a lot, would get them in, uh, then or a wild upset against Oklahoma State. But I mean, let's not let's not get crazy here. But I would say that while there's still going to be heat around him, it's cooling off a little bit because if he can get him to six and six, especially the way that they've kind of rolled through this first season of the Big Twelve, I think that that's something you can pause because I don't think they want to get rid of him. Uh, and he, he's got an, a lot of allies there. But like Craig said last week, this is a school that a couple years ago said we fire coaches for going eight and four at the University of Houston. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're still a game under 500. Yeah. So, I mean, great they beat Baylor, but I think it took all of uh, 15 minutes watching that game to realize that wasn't some grand accomplishment. Now, it will be in the record books. They went into Waco. They beat a Big 12 mainstay in their first year, and it'll all look a lot better than it actually was in, you know, in reality. But, yeah, I mean, they got that win. They got very fortunate to beat West Virginia on a Hail Mary, um, and those are their two Big 12 wins. So, um, you know, besides that, you've beaten Sam, who's – stinks and you've beaten UTSA in the opener by a field goal so I'm not like super optimistic about where they are if they get to a bowl game though then yeah I think that that's a great accomplishment given where they started off I think that um, you know the the Baylor win is big it's just not it doesn't prove that they're a good team yeah that makes sense yes Um, but yeah I think it's had to have cooled off just a a tiny bit uh, but certainly not off the uh, the burner entirely number four Still warm, but Sam Pittman got the win over Florida. Um, you know, that, that's got to maybe show some kind of uh, maybe buoys a little bit. I just think that this doesn't change the fact that Arkansas is just kind of there. Because if you really look at it right now, Florida is just kind of there. And they're not the Urban Meyer Florida or the Steve Spurrier Florida. They're not even the Dan Mullen Florida right now. They're, they are... Jim McElwain, Florida again, and Billy Napier, um, you know, still struggling to do that. But I would say that you get a win like that, you see what happens towards the end of the year and go. But, I mean, even still, he's still in a hot seat. He he did do something to maybe go, okay, well, maybe he can find something if he's got the resources. Go ahead. Anything? No. I, I, I just thought the, the note by Berkowitz that at least locks him in. Yeah. You wonder if that – because they're going to have to pay more money because of where he is, no matter if they lose their last three, more money. And are they going to write the check if, in fact, he, if they fade at the end? Well, it's a lot of excitement for a third win on the year. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the buyout uh, does probably help his case uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, they're 
going to have to win out to go to a bowl game. That doesn't seem likely. They'll probably beat FIU, but uh, are they going to beat Auburn and Missouri uh, to close out the year? Now, both those games are at home, so who knows? I mean, they don't leave, again, uh, the, the the home turf. So, um, you know, three home games to close out the season. One of those definitely is a, is a win. The other two, we'll see. But uh, to beat an Auburn, I think, would definitely help his case this weekend. Uh, to beat Missouri at the end of the year, uh, maybe you're closing strong and, you, and you've really got an argument there. But, uh, yeah, just three and six still. Um, and like you said, I mean, they went into the swamp, though, too. Yeah. I mean, it was a swamp, but like you said, it's not even a good Florida team. But, hey, they won a, a you know, fun game. Uh, at the, the you know the end and in hostile territory and they really needed that so that was a, a good thing for for Sam Pittman and company for sure three that was a lot of Daffy Duck in there I'm sorry <laughs> rising fast is Dave Aranda um, and I think we're just at the point where we kind of can't get around this anymore uh, and, and talk around it in circles the way forward for them especially if they finish three and nine which they are likely to do based on the fact that they will not be favored in any of these games. And the worst team that they are playing right now is a team that they can never figure out a way to beat in TCU. So history and numbers are against them. And just the way they've played has been wholly uninspiring. And then if you're the administration, you have to look down the barrel of trying to sell Dave Aranda coming back and, and finding to – him finding a way to shoot some energy into this program, but man, I I just I'll just tell you I cannot see a way through. I cannot see a way through that works out for him. Uh, I can see a way through, but it means that uh, your fan base is pretty checked out next year. Yeah, um, because going through another off season of the transfer portal and signing day and all of that, like it'd be one thing if they had a bunch of stars on the line that they're about to reel in, but they attacked the transfer portal heavy last year. Mixed results at best um, to non-factors in some cases. So that's not a guarantee of anything. We just got through like the talk of uh, all the talented young players they have, but the fact that in this day and age, you can't say that you're going to be able to hold on to them all, especially the ones that play well. They're getting phone calls and DMs right away. Caden Jenkins, among others, I'm sure. Um, so, I mean, even your young guy, Richard Reese, total non-factor this year, who had a big year last year. So, like... I just don't know what the plan is. I mean, if it takes this long for you to develop guys, then nobody has that kind of time because that should have been happening in the last couple of years. You don't have another year to like, well, we'll just wait until they're juniors. That doesn't, you can't do that today in college football. And you really couldn't do that period, but you especially can't do it today to take, you know, your sweet time and getting these guys geared up and ready. I, I, I just, yeah, I'm like, I'm like you. I, I just don't know what they could possibly do other than winning out. And even then, like, it would, you know, I mean, if they want out, that would be mightily impressive. But there's just no reason whatsoever from any performance this year to believe there is anything other than a 0% chance of that happening. Because yeah. they're going to get blown uh, out this weekend. And if they don't, it's a miracle if they don't get blown out I, in Manhattan. I asked this question. Uh, he knows. He even brought it up himself before I did about it, the storm around his name. Uh, they signed him an extension in 2021. Did anybody bitch about that? No. 12 and 2, is anyone? I'm not defending Dave Aranda. Has they ever had a better football team than 12 and 2? No. Uh, I know that they're going backwards, and the fear is, and what Mac Rhodes has to decide is are they about to be lapped? Have they already been lapped? And if they do stay status quo, um, does he trust the staff? 
to find a way to find a way to fill that roster up and quickly and do it right. I understand it was the greatest year in school history, but it's also two years ago. And how much magic does that really have? I mean, what do we? You get a three, four year buffer for winning the Big Twelve in a Sugar Bowl? Is that is that what the the rules are? Because I, I don't think that it should work that way. He should get a little bit of a grace period. Guess what? That was last year. Guess what? That's most of this year. There's no signs it gets better next year. So. I mean, how long does that last? How much, how much goodwill does that give you? And, and I'll put it the way I put it in good, the bad, the ugly. This is as simple as I can put it. When, and I like Dave Aranda. I don't want him to be fired. I want him to be a successful head coach here. But this is how I have to wrap my own brain around it. You at one point in time, not long ago, were nationally relevant. Pretty much consistently. You're nowhere close to nationally relevant now. You're an, a complete afterthought nationally. You're an ESPN Plus brand at the moment. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to be nationally relevant all the time. You're an afterthought and not relevant in the Big 12, where at least every year you are somewhat competitive. The only reason you're not at the bottom is because there's new schools that are brand new to the league who are adjusting, like Cincinnati and UCF. Other than that, BYU's above you, and now Houston's above you with the head-to-head win. So you're not even relevant within the conference. Okay, that's fine. Let's brush that up. How about the state of freaking Texas? You've lost to Texas State at home. You've mm-hmm. lost to Texas at home. You've lost to Texas Tech at home. You've lost to freaking Houston at home. And you're probably not going to beat TCU because you never do. So you are at best borderline 8-9 in the state. Not to mention SMU's joining the ACC and throwing millions upon millions of dollars at their football product. Uh, like I said, you lost to Texas State and Houston, two teams you at least had a leg up on, but now that's not even the case. So that's as damn as I can make it sound. You're, you're not even relevant within the own, your, your own state at this point in time. So that, to me, is, is something that dawned on me thinking about it yesterday, and I hate that it's got to that point, but that's as clear as I can make it of the problem they find themselves in right now. Well, yep. you need to be on the judge and jury then because <laughs> you, you wrapped it up pretty well. Yeah, and, yeah. and, again, um, <laughs> if, he was the, if he was the prosecuting attorney yeah. and I got up and I was I, like, I guess we like him. I guess that my <laughs> deal is I, 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 hate to see, I hate to see people fired. Oh, and me yet, too. Yeah. I, and I'm not – let me say something. I hate to see people fired, and everybody does. And I know that coaching business, that's part of it. And he mentioned today twice, he knows that this is a business. And, uh, man, from 12-2, and two, a genius to the Jedi. Well, at that time, in that season, what I heard during that season is when he took Matt Rule's players and made them better and found better fits for them and got them in even more opportunities to play well, even though Rule's last year – they were pretty good. In 21, that's what I heard. Now it is he won with Matt Rule's players, and that's probably very true too. And so it, it's just amazing how things can change, and that's why what I don't understand, and at some point if there is a change, question for Mac Rhodes might be, why did you extend him? Because you were worried about him leaving for USC? Were you worried about him leaving for uh, Wisconsin or Oklahoma? Or elsewhere, and it, that is where that is that that nuclear arms race, not with facilities, but coaching salaries, and how they've gotten out of control in these extensions. And man, you wonder sometimes how many people there's going to be somebody that whether it's Leipold or Kleiman, they've already signed extensions, and they're both really good. Somebody else is going to get an extension, and and it's just like you almost are competing against yourself. But in that case, not, you had not, competition. Not, not almost in almost every instance, but they in that are. year. In that year, the fear was he could bolt. And if he would have bolted and Mac Rhodes would have let him leave, and then they go 
five and six or six and seven. Mac Roach is under a lot of heat too. People would have lost their shit on him. Yeah, that's, they would have. That's true. Number two, a blaze. Dino Babers, uh, the seat there at, at Syracuse, they're zero and five in the ACC right now after starting out four and zero. And this has kind of been the year. Um, over and over and over and over again uh, for Syracuse. Uh, Dino Babers has had some success. He's not having success at Syracuse now. Um, he's a really good offensive coach. I'm not sure, um, you know, w- you know what the future holds there. But um, right now, like Syracuse has been an afterthought in every conference they've been in in football since Donovan McNabb and Marvin Harrison left. Uh, and they have these moments where it looks like they're they're kind of trending up and then they they, they fall back down again. Um, last year, it looked like they'd maybe turn the corner. This year, they start out 4-0, and they're 0-5 since then. And I don't think Dino Babers is going to make it uh, out of – out of upstate New York this year. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I'm sure we're missing out on some guys that have made the NFL, but I don't think it's good when you're you're always having to cite players who have been retired yeah. for, like, several years at this point from the yeah. NFL. You know, it's like – and they had Donovan McNabb. It's like he's been retired for seven years from his <laughs> pro career. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I get I get it, though. But that's, that's kind of a sign. I mean, they made a bowl game last year, so there was that. But um, hard-pressed to, to really polish it up too much when you're dead last in the conference. So – um, yeah, I mean, that's not a program I honestly spend a whole lot of time thinking about. It's, oh, yeah, Syracuse. Uh, and I'm sure they feel the same way, you know, when, when Baylor's mentioned or Iowa State or, you know, some some Big 12 programs. But, uh, yeah, he's been there a very long time uh, at this point for, for a coach. And um, it's kind of is what it is at this point. You're hovering between five, six, and seven wins basically most years. And right now they're right up against what maybe winning five or six games again. So, yeah, it just feels like they're sort of – paddling water uh, at this point all right paul and number one oh the humanity jimbo fisher this is like there's not like loud noise around this which uh if i'm uh jimbo fisher i'm actually concerned about because before dennis francione and kevin sumlin got fired um mike sherman maybe not so much this uh, this kind of that situation kind of just petered out but with Particularly Dennis Francione and, and Kevin Sumlin, um, I could sit here on a like if you found a quiet spot in Waco. If I turned and listened towards the south, you could hear people yelling about those guys and firing them. Not hearing that yet from like the big people at A and M because again his contract is so prodigious. But if they're gonna pay him anyway, it, like I think there's two schools of thought. One, you get rid of him. And see what happens. And then there's the other ones like, oh, let's see how he does against Texas and Oklahoma. And I'm not sure they really want that. Like, do you really want to go through that? Do you want to well, let, another year, yeah. let him let him stay and then watch Steve Sarkeesian roll into College Station next year and beat AM? Do you want to see that? And maybe he still will or won't with a different coach, but I can tell you right now, if you're telling me Sark versus Jimbo whatever field you want to i'm taking sark every time every time yeah i mean uh it's it's not good um i've heard some AM fans that have uh, made their decisions uh, pretty clear and, and the line's been drawn in the sand so I, I definitely heard some people outspoken about uh this just isn't working and there needs to be a change but i think the problem you run into is the buyout for one although we all acknowledge that the buyout can be paid but it's just the 
It's the other part that you just mentioned there is, are you really better off, like, next year, for example, if you fire Jimbo right now? Who's the guy? Are you going to bring Elko back? Is that the plan? Yeah. Um, are you going to go money whip somebody else? I mean, who's even out there that's a great candidate at this point? You'll get Matt Campbell? Like, I, I, I don't know, because yeah. Jimbo was the big swing. So I don't know how many other big swings are really out there. Um, and, yeah, do you want to restart, basically? Although nobody has to really restart these days. Yeah. But do you want to press a little bit of a reset button the very first year that Oklahoma and Texas come rolling in, knowing damn well they don't need to reset anything? Like, Sark's the guy. Um, Venables is the guy. You know, they're having pretty successful seasons, even though Oklahoma's taking a couple of lumps. Yeah, I don't know. Are you basically just throwing your hands up as far as next year goes with those new teams rolling in, or do you feel like, hey, he's he's been around a little while. That'll give us a slight advantage with them rolling in, and let's see what happens, you know, next year. And if he loses to Texas, then boom, that's the final straw. Or if he loses to Oklahoma and Texas, that's the final straw. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's the big money broker's big decision uh, to to make here eventually. But yeah, it's it's you know the they're same becoming guys, a bit of an afterthought. The same guys who decided they could throw I know. a ton of money. At a ten-year deal with uh, basically no out and a massive buyout, are the ones that are going to end up writing the check to get rid of them if that time comes, and then go give more money to somebody else. So if you start, how do they fire yeah. the ones making the decision? Exactly, yeah, exactly. And if you start from Jackie Sherrill on now, before Jackie Sherrill, Texas owned the A and M rivalry. But since Jackie Sherrill, plus the school has changed a lot. It used to be just an all-male military school. From Jackie Sherrill on for a while, A&M had finally, like, pulled even with Texas. And towards the end of the Southwest Conference, they were ahead of them for a little bit. But like everybody else that's been in the Southwest Conference of the Big 12, no one has been able to kill the dragon. They just put him to sleep for a little while and wait till he eats. And then... So they've got to figure out how they can keep that. And like, they're never going to kill a dragon is my point. They've got to figure out how to keep pace with them like they were doing before. But I do think they've got the wrong thing in their head of like, if we do this, we'll finally kill the dragon. You're not killing the dragon, man. Just try to keep pace. Well, I mean, between 2011, they had like the sugar bowl with Sam and there's been a couple of moments, but if you were going to do it, you had your opportunity over the last 10 years to do that. And uh, nobody was able to finish it off. Baylor, looking like they were going to take – I mean, they're never going to, like, jump Texas by any no. – but, I mean, as far as, like, you know, discussion and whatnot, and then their scandal happens, and then it blows up, you know, and then A&M has Johnny Football, and then it's we've seen how that's petered out with Sumlin and now now Jimbo as well. And, and yeah, you're never going to kill that dragon, but they'd have the best opportunity to at least, you know, put up the best fight for it. And, yeah, they got a, they got a big decision to make, man. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.